Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview for AT&T Byron Nelson Week. My name is Will Doctor alongside James Ledbetter. Great to have you aboard on a Tuesday afternoon as we bring you the latest as far as PGA Tour handicapping is concerned. We can't start it off today without a little review from the Wells Fargo. What an absolute gem of a week it was for you, Led. It was. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I had a huge week at Potomac. Um, my bookmaker will be eating PB&J's breakfast, lunch, and dinner in this upcoming week. Um, I actually flew back home to Florida. Uh, was even thinking about upgrading to first class on the way back. Ended up going with Economy Plus just for that little extra leg room. But, maybe, uh, maybe a little Mons Venus run on the way to the airport. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd blow through that uh, home ticket pretty fast. But yeah, it had been a while. Um, we finally hit a winner with Max Homa at 40 to 1. Also had him as my best bet for a top 20 at plus 230. We hit Brian Harmon top 20 plus 275. Doc, we were both on the Keegan over Russell Henley ticket, which was a, uh, a landslide at minus 103. You know, even, uh, you know, made a little cheddar in the DraftKings lineup, had Keegan and Homa in the lineup and had everyone else make the cut. So, yeah, for people that tailed, it was a solid week overall. Doc, just from a, you know, standpoint of just how the golf course played at that, Potomac, you know, held its own with the, uh, what was it, seven, eight under, ended up winning. Yeah. Um, obviously, a bit of that was weather, but it was nice to watch the pros uh, struggle a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And and really, it was, uh, you know, for you and me, it was a stress-free watch on Sunday. Of course, uh, we had Max Homa, like you said, surrounded in every which way with your winning ticket and and our top 20 plus 230 tickets. That, that was Homa's fourth win uh, since May of 2019. And according to the great Justin Ray of the 21st group, only Cantlay, Roy McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas have more wins in that span. So that's the type of company we'll have to start comparing Max Homa to. And yeah, by the way, Keegan Bradley, what about him working his way into contention and recording his third top five in his last four starts, uh, dating back to the players? That's a good run for him heading into the PGA championship, which I think is now a lifetime exemption. He'll be there. Yeah. I, I was watching the broadcast and they talked for a couple of minutes. I, I didn't really catch it. They said he needed to qualify for some event. I don't know if it was maybe us open or, or something. Um, I feel like he'd be auto bid, but you know, the way he's been playing, he's going to be, uh, you know, looking at potentially some of these team events down the road, uh, you know, president's cup or a, a Ryder cup. But, you know, speaking of that, it'll be fun to watch Max Homa in those team formats with just the personality he has and looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. I think he uh, he's setting himself up to be an auto lock for those teams, um, you know, especially with the names. I just I just rattled off Morikawa and Thomas to be up there with those two guys uh, is it, pretty special. Uh, yeah, we hit the, you know, the Bradley over Henley minus 103 ticket. And that was Keegan. You know, Keegan's been in contention a couple times uh, here in the last five or six weeks. He, I mean, he looked poised to win for his uh, for the first time since the 2018 BMW before he just completely threw up all over himself in the final round, making two double bogeys. Uh, so the way will continue a little longer. A few other notes. Great to see my Rory top five ticket hit uh, as he was in the mix uh, until the very end. And then. Uh, you know, the gloomy part about last week for me led was the Sergio Garcia winning ticket, which had some promise until the the faulty ruling he was assessed. And 
led in Sergio fashion. I mean, once he was given that assessment, he just let that completely get to his head. He had some words for the PGA tour and made it clear that, you know, he, he won't be, uh, won't be around much longer as he'll move on to the, the Saudi tour. I'm not going to defend Sergio, but it is interesting how easy the PGA tour is to hand out a stroke versus, uh, you know, take one back, you know, obviously, um, you're not going to be minusing one from his score that day, but he did seem like he was kind of screwed in the, in the sense where he was trying to get across the river and they were counting his like, you know, the minute and a half he was trying to get to the spot where the ball was as searching for the ball when he wasn't really searching for the ball. So he did get hosed a little in that, uh, aspect, but I don't think the, uh, reaction was quite warranted. I know Netflix will be eating that up, uh, with the hot mic of yeah, saying I can't wait wait to be done with this tour. Yeah, no doubt. And, and he should have been given the stroke back. I guess it's part of the rules that they make a bad ruling. Uh, you you know you can't take that back as an official. I guess it's you know like in baseball, if an umpire you know calls a ball that's a strike, you, you know you can't take it back. I don't think you can challenge balls and strikes yet in MLB. But anyways, you know, yeah, we talked, we actually talked, we, we, we were maybe out in front of this. I remember a couple of pods ago, we talked about maybe a challenge flag uh, for the guys out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. And you know, for, for that to happen and, and the ruling was, you know, he had to go around a body of water to find his ball and you're supposed, the official supposed to pause the clock and they didn't do that. And you have to think, you know, if it wasn't for what he said, you know, would, would they have given the stroke back? I don't know. Other than that, led, you know, solid week as far as the Wells Fargo was concerned. Let's move into this week's Byron Nelson just north of Dallas, which features a much stronger field in the prior two weeks in Mexico and Maryland. Seven of the top 15 players in the official world golf rankings will tee off at TPC Craig Ranch on Thursday in what should be a phenomenal preparation tournament. Uh, with the PGA Championship just a week away. Yeah, you mentioned seven of the top 15 players playing in the world. We got uh, Scotty Scheffler in the field. You know, besides the Zurich Classic, he'll be making his first start since uh, the Masters. Um, first real start. Uh, you know, a lot of the top players looking to get one more rep before the second major of the year next week at Southern Hills. We've been, you know, we've seen a lot of, whether it be chopper videos of Tiger scoping the course, or I've seen some, you know, swing videos of Jordan Spieth playing the 18th hole. A lot of guys looking to get uh, some prep in uh, heading into uh, the PGA. Um, you know, since we do have some studs playing this week, I think it'll be definitely worth us going over the favorites, seeing where we can find some value at the top of the board. But yeah, without further ado, let's get into the golf course. This week we are playing TPC Craig Ranch. It is a 7,468-yard par 72. We have four reachable par fives, or they're at least reachable for, you know, the top half of the field, the longer guys out there. Um, the course began hosting this event last year. Uh, so in terms of course history, not really going to be able to go too far back um, in that sense. Uh, the course was designed by Tom Weisskopf. It has Zoysia fairways, bent greens, has a creek that kind of winds through about 13 of the holes. Other than that creek, the only real defense of the golf course can be that wind um, that can, uh, you know, jump up there in the afternoon, Doc. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk about being a Texan, right? If you're, if you're, uh, whether you're born in Texas or grew up playing in Texas, uh, the winds have a tendency to kick up there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, once, uh, especially this time of year, once you get into the 
the the late spring and the summer you know it's uh you know you wake up you walk outside you get a uh a you know large wave of humidity over you you know you get to sweat when you walk outside and then around around 12 30 right afternoon you know the the winds in north texas you know can, can kick up from anywhere from you know gusts of of 15 to 35 miles per hour in any given day like especially a course like this that's so wide open with no tree yeah. defense or anything like that that's what i was saying open piece of property it's yeah. not like you're gonna get much blockage out there uh yeah. in terms of some guys playing sam burns and ryan palmer have the course record at 62 sam burns was in a tournament ryan palmer was a you know kind of an unofficial one i've heard uh you know some king is a member out there i believe will zal Torres lives pretty close by ryan palmer i want to say is a member there um but yeah, guys really went low last year. Uh, we should be certainly looking at this as bit of a shootout, you know, compared to last week. We're not really going to have that seven, eight under might uh, might be the cut line, let alone the, the the winning score. When we look at the cut from last year, the cut was six under par. So you definitely need to be making some birdies this week. Going back to last year, KH Lee was our champion. He won, I believe. I mean, he was up. Uh, he was 200 to one in some places last year. So definitely a bit of a long shot when he went 25 under par. We also had five other golfers get it to 20 under par or better doc. This is a stat I'm really looking at and going to use this pretty much uh, throughout the framework of, you know, of my picks uh, five of the top six finishers from last year's event finished in the top seven in the field in strokes gained approach. I'm going to say that one more time for our listeners. Five of the top six finishers from last year's event finished in the top seven in the field in strokes gained approach. So the only golfer that wasn't in the top seven in iron play uh, that finished in the, you know, in that top six uh, led the field in putting. So you can borderline say iron play will have a direct correlation to how each player will do this week. Um, one thing to note is when the scores are super low, when we're looking in that, you know, mid 20 under range, it opens up the tournament for a few more guys to win than it normally does. You know, we, we have a tendency, you know, for playing like a Muirfield village or a part of the, or a golf course that's going to test absolutely every part of your game. You know, we may lean towards uh, the studs, right? Like a Xander who, you know, you can't really nitpick any part of his game, but you know, this is a week where you might have a guy who's in that, you know, 150 to one range, uh, contend the fairways are pretty generous this week averaging over 40 yards wide so there'll be a much less emphasis on the accuracy of the t-ball than there was at you know last week's potomac uh chipping not going to really matter too much guys are going to hit a ton of fairways ton of greens even if you miss a green it's going to be sitting up like on a tee on that zoysia grass ah, so pure so i mean you can get backspin from six feet off the green yeah. it, it seems like but honestly, if you're missing greens, you're probably not going to be there on the weekend. So yeah. uh, I don't think there's really too much, uh, you know, point of emphasis in terms of really looking at the around the green stats. You know, guys are going to be hitting 16, 17 greens around that are contending here. Um, notable notable guys that finished in the top 10 last year include Sam Burns, Charles Schwartzel, Jordan Spieth, and Jonathan Vegas. Some other stats we'll look at is strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, strokes Strokes gained putting on bent, you know, how people played last year. I think par, par five performance is going to be huge, just given the fact that we have five reachable par fives. And then, uh, you know, obviously how guys have been playing as of late. Doc, do you have much of a weather report on uh, on what guys are going to be expecting? 
Yeah, as far as weather is concerned this week, going to be lows of around 70, highs of, uh, you know, range between 94 and 97 uh, all, all week uh, in North Dallas area. No rain, um, and, and you get your average Texas wind, you know, ranging anywhere from 17 to 25 miles per hour. We've seen the leaderboards here over the years, whether it's been at uh, the Byron last year, some KFT championships and Q schools, you know, really no matter what, I mean, Q schools in a, a bit of a colder time of the year uh, at Craig ranch, no matter what, I mean, guys, these professionals, they take it so deep um, at Craig ranch. So we'll get to our scoring predictions uh, the format for today's show. You know, we'll go over um, our matchups, picks to place some winners. Uh, we'll give you a couple good horses, uh, we'll do a scoring prediction, uh, best bets, lineups, and of course a degenerate play. Uh, so we have a good one for you, uh, for you this week. Uh, so let's get right into the favorites here for the AT&T Byron Nelson. We'll move into, uh, number one on the list. That's Scotty Scheffler at plus 900. So we start with the return of world number one, who, uh, took some much needed time off after a, uh, anticipated victory at the Masters after you know four wins and six starts, not c- counting the Zurich Classic. That tournament doesn't count for anything ever. We saw just how uh, humble uh, Scheffler, you know, was the way he celebrated uh, winning at Augusta. This is not a guy who's going, uh, you know, full Anthony Kim after getting a taste of stardom. No, 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 no. We found out that Scotty Scheffler simply wants to sit in his living room and eat ice cream with the green jacket on. So that's always a plus with champions and the way they're going to keep rolling with consistency following a huge win. Now, as far as this week is concerned for Scheffler, Craig Ranch, uh, you know, is not a place that he has performed to his standards um, in the past. A lot of talking heads will simply pick him because he's from Dallas and, you know, understand that, you know, TPC Craig Ranch has hosted Corn Ferry you know, Torque Q school over the last several years. So a large, large majority of this field has played this golf course at one point or the other. There's absolutely uh, little to no benefit of being from Dallas this week. Um, you know, we had to get that out of the way before you go listen to your other golf podcasts. Uh, there is zero benefit uh, from being from Dallas this week. That said, uh, you know, if you, if, if, if you're from Dallas, if you're going to the tournament, uh, you know, if you're taking Billy to go watch Scotty this week and you just need some action on him, you know, Scheffler top 10 at plus 100 is such an incredible spot, uh, for a guy who's so well rested and has displayed so much consistency fourth and greens hit third and birdie average fifth and in scoring average, uh, you know, led, those are all the reasons it's very tough to envision Scotty outside of contention until further notice. Yeah. Doc, I'm going to disagree a little bit on that play. I just think just, man, people don't really realize, obviously Scotty's making it look easy. He you know, already four wins on the season, but I mean, the guy could shoot 19 under over this week and finish 11th. And then you're kicking yourself that you, uh, you know, <laughs> laid that on a, you know, plus 100 ticket. I don't hate it. I could see him finishing in the top 10 here, but just, you know, can't bet on everything. And I'd rather allocate that somewhere else, but it's just funny, Doc, we kind of have a thing where we're not going to take these single-digit guys, um, you know, unless it's a unless it's a Tiger <laughs> or, yeah. a Rom, or a, you know, 
Rom's getting to the point where maybe Rom in a limited field or something might be might be worth something like that. I saw an article the other day that said, uh, yeah, winner of, you know, he's obviously has four wins on the year and he's fresh off a confidence building 64 at Southern Hills last Thursday. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that are helping Scotty Scheffler build confidence. I don't think he's really looking too far into practice rounds at Southern Hills uh, to be able to play well this week. But yeah, Doc, as we said, I think, uh, you know, golf's just too hard. You, you know, you might have a Charles Schwartz will, you know, light it up this week or, you know, some of these guys that are yeah. in that 200 to one range. And now, you know, you're really only playing for seven or eight spots in that top 10 or whatever, right? Uh, it's just, it's tough to take those, uh, you know, that's why I think there's so much value in those top 20s and top 40s with those little longer shot guys, because golf is such a variant sport. I mean, at some point, right, Scotty's going to, you'd think, miss a cut or uh, finish outside. He'll uh, just come back top. to earth, you know, yeah. eventually yeah. that that does have to happen, correct? Let, yeah, no maybe, doubt. maybe a little look ahead this week for the Scotty, because the Scotty slam is, uh, fully in swing but yeah <laughs> doc um i'm gonna start off right with our next guy and just a play i'd rather have than scotty shefflin that's justin thomas at 14 to 1 with how good his iron play has been i think he's a tough guy to pass up this week he's currently 13th off the tee at first approach in in the field in his last 50 rounds six top tens in his last nine starts gaining over four shots approach in each of his last five starts um you know the 14 to 1 number is tough for a guy who hasn't really, you know, hasn't won in a while now. Um, but I guess in a sense, you'd say he's due. Uh, I think I'm still teetering. I'm going to decide at the end of the pod, if I'm going to play Justin Thomas, uh, but I will certainly look for him in some matchups, starting with JT over Scotty Scheffler at plus 110 on DraftKings. I think that is an absolute must play. And I'll get into that later. Yeah, I got a couple of plays uh, on JT as well. Really like him this week out of all the favorites. Uh, you know, he, on this list, we'll get to Burns as well. But him, JT or Sam Burns, really two guys on this favorites list that I really love. But for now, we'll move on to Jordan Spieth at 16-1 to and on to a guy who has won twice in his native homeland of Texas, but never at the Byron Nelson and you know, TPC Craig Ranch seemed like a track that fits speed side last year as he finished ninth in a tournament where he opened with a 63. As far as recent play is concerned for speed, he's coming off a, a phenomenal win at the RBC, which was uh, his first win ever while losing strokes on the greens. If you, you know, if you forgot uh, that has been a major issue for speed this year, the putting as he rakes 168th, uh, in putting on the PGA Tour right now. That being said, bent grass uh, greens continue to be his best surface. Um, as Led talked about at the beginning of the pod, TPC Craig Ranch, bent grass greens. So we'll talk about that a lot today. For Spieth, it's been his best surface when he came to this event last year, putted superb, uh, picking up almost two shots uh, with the putter. And from tee to green, you know, I have to be honest, he, he, he's hitting the ball extremely good. Um, the driver has only gotten better over these last five events. I've been uh, a huge hater and critic uh, of what Spieth and Cam McCormick have done with that pre-shot routine. But, you know, I can't hate what works at the end of the day. And, and it's working for Jordan. Um, in my opinion, for Jordan this week, there's, there's, there's one option um, to bet on with Jordan Spieth this week. And that's either um, Jordan Spieth top 20 at plus 120 or pass this week. 
Yeah, realistically, this should be a perfect setup for Jordan. Pretty forgetting off the tee, second shot golf course. But coming off a win, I'm not sure we're going to get him at much worse value, right? Yeah, yeah. For a guy like Spieth, you almost want to play him at 30, uh, 30 to 1 off a missed cut versus coming off a win. Uh, I mean, I don't see really Jordan quite in that Scotty JT conversation just with the consistency he's lacked um, over the last couple months. Um but moving into our next guy, Doc, sorry, I just got a phone notification. I saw Joe Buck for next week uh, for the PGA. It's going to be doing a bit of a Manning cast situation. Uh, what do you think that'll you think that'll work? I know. I mean, maybe yeah. Thursday, Friday <clears throat> round, Saturday, Sunday, I'd be pretty locked into what's going on on the course. Yeah, he's going to do it with uh, Michael Collins, the ESPN caddy. Now, uh, we'll start with Buck. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't like Buck. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Houston guy. He, he, com, you know, he commentated for the Astros and um, a couple of our playoff games. He, you know, he, he calls, you know, he's a bit of an Astros hater from the, the cheating scandal perspective. Uh, we've come to find out that every team cheated. But back to golf and next week and what I think about uh, Buck and Collins. I like Joe Buck calling golf. I thought he did a great job at Chambers Bay with Spieth's U.S. Open, uh, you know, this is a guy, Joe Buck, he can do it all. I mean, he's proven he can do every sport. Here's my issue with it. I would prefer to have a former exciting player in the booth next to him um, doing the the simulcast instead of Michael Collins. Um, nothing, yep. nothing against him, but you, you need that on-course perspective, you know, what Faldo gives to Nance. Uh, but Buck needs someone like that next to him, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, Will McKenzie's been doing a great job with Hallie. Uh, you know, someone, yeah. someone like that that just has a little bit of experience on the. Well, they, they, I feel like, yeah, exactly. They need someone with a golfer background. Yeah, you know, they obviously have the caddy and the guy who can do every sport, um, and he's done a great job. But yeah, I think they're going to be lacking in the, you know, if a rule situation comes up. I'm not sure. Uh, Michael Collins is dialed into that kind of <laughs> kind of situation, but it's nice to see, you know, golf starting to change it up a little bit. It's probably only going to be as good as the guests. I even noticed with the Manning cast, like, you know, if you have Marshawn Lynch on there versus a, uh, I don't know, just a boring character, it's not going to be as exciting. So we'll see what the guest uh, list lineup looks like. And then uh, we'll just go from there, but moving into our next guy, Dustin Johnson, at 18 to one this week, Dustin Johnson has had one top 10 so far this season, you know, besides Adele match play. Um, and the stats are not really what we are used to seeing for a guy who has been so solid from T to green his entire career. DJ has lost strokes with his irons in seven of his last 10 starts on tour. I think this field is too strong to play a guy like Dustin in the teens, especially when we could have him at the players at like 35 to one, only a couple weeks ago. Uh, DJ is a total pass for me in what should be a birdie fest this week. Yeah, just got married, DJ, and uh, you know you don't have to look for much. You can look on his on um, on him and Paulina Gretzky's Instagram stories. You know they've been on the boat all week, you know celebrating the marriage. So we'll give DJ some time to recover for that, no doubt. Uh, once he starts getting in the rhythm next week at the PGA, <laughs> his season begins. On to Sam Burns at 18 to one. I don't think TPC Craig Ranch sets up better for anyone like it does for than Sam Burns. He came in second at this event last year while uh, putting on a ball striking clinic and posted a second round 62, which is 
just amazing. And, you know, none of the talk record, course record, course record, course, a good, good note there. None of these talking heads who have, you know, that have never picked up a club a day in their life will ever tell you uh, this, but the ultimate course comparison to TPC Craig ranch is the university club of Baton Rouge where Burns played every day during his time at LSU. And, you know, that's why I think he's going to have so much success um, at this venue in years to come. University of Baton Rouge, TPC, Craig Ranch have more similarities than any two golf courses in America. And now a lot of you will ask, you know, what happened to Sam Burns at his last stroke play start where he missed the cut at the Masters? And, you know, the easy answer to that question is, you know, the iron play was simply not there for Burns at Augusta. It's not something I, you know, I look at and worry about or or dive too much into because there's no evidence this season that that Burns has consistently struggled with his irons. He's put on a clinic for most of this year. So I love Sam Burns top 10 at, at plus 250 um, and a winning ticket this week. I, I'm I'm very high on Burns for sure. Yep, he's a solid player. Moving into our next guy, Xander Shoffley at 20 to one. Um, what do we even make of the Zurich win? Yes. He now has a big belt in his closet, but other than that, I'm not freaking out like everyone else is. Um, you know, I'm not looking at it as a real, you know, PJ tour victory. Yes, it is. It goes in the, uh, you know, the, the box, the box score as or whatever, but in terms of, uh, how that's affecting his number. I mean, technically he's coming into this event off a win. Honestly, you know, I don't really like playing guys uh, coming off a win. Yeah. It's like you go back to last week uh, or two weeks ago with Brandon Wu, right? He's, you know, whatever, 130, 150 to one uh, coming into Mexico has a great week. And then you have guys, you know, trying to play him at 65 to one. I think if you hop on Xander right now, it's, you know, we're not really doing it at great value. Um, besides missed cuts at the Masters and the player, he has been playing great. He finished 12th at the Valspar, 13th at the Genesis, 3rd at the Waste Management. Um, I love Xander on a tough golf course that tests every part of your game. I don't think we're exactly getting that this week. Um, you know, I'd rather play him on an 11-under winning major setup than a shootout. Um, another guy I'm really not – another guy at the top of this board, I'm not really in love with the number. Um, coming off the Zurich win, I just don't see much value there. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm with you. I'm holding off on Xander until we get into some of these major championships. Some of the tougher venues like Brookline for the U.S. Open really stand out to me um, at, at places where Xander can really contend. Yeah, and just, you know, comparing him to a Sam Burns ticket, I'd way rather be on that than, uh, than Xander at 28-1 to 1 for sure. No doubt. And on to Will Zalatoris at 22-1. to 1, And despite continuing to putt like in absolute moron, Will Zalatoris put himself in contention at the Masters and had a had a good sixth place finish there. But you know the putting is something you really have to consider uh, when betting Zalatoris this week. His worst putting surface comes right here on Big Grass, which you know they're on this week. And besides his last start at Augusta, he's lost strokes on the greens um, in his last five events. And uh, you know despite finishing seventeenth at Craig Ranch last year. Uh, what did he do that kept him out of the winner's circle? He had a horrendous week on the green. So unless I find a matchup that I really like, um, you know, Zal Torres, not my cup of tea this week. 
Yeah, Zalatoris loses strokes on the greens early and often. If this uh, you know winning score gets to 25 under par, I mean, you're not getting there. No. Losing no. three or four strokes on the greens, which well Zalatoris, Zalatoris does uh, more often than not. But moving into our next guy, Brooks Kepka at 29 to 1. Um, I've seen him 35 to 1 on DraftKings, and that's why I'm jumping on him. See, Brooks is a guy I'm starting to lean towards. Brooks at 35 to 1. This is an eight-time tour winner that's priced the same as someone by the name of Samus Power, you know, a Tommy Fleetwood or an Adam Scott. Uh, yes, he missed the cut in his last start at Augusta, but I think we are getting some value here since he hasn't played since then. Um, in his last six starts, he has a 12th at the Valspar, 16th at the Honda, and third at the Waste Management. Yes, he's been hit or miss. He could miss the cut, but he also could win this thing by three. I think for outright tickets, you know, tied 17th does nothing for me. So I'll take the 35 to one ticket on Brooks Kepka this week, knowing, uh, you know, it does come with that variance uh, that he tends to play with. Um, he's gaining strokes in every category except chipping in his last five starts. You know, if you're relying on chipping this week anyway, it's probably going to be a short week. So, you know, the, for those couple reasons, I am completely in on a Brooks Kepka 35 to one outright ticket. Yeah, I've, you know, I've read a lot of stuff this week that, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, is Brooks starting to become priced more accurately? I, I don't think so. I think he's improving and he, he's been unlucky at events like the players where you got a bad draw. You know, the Masters, he didn't get the best draw either. Um, mm. And and he missed the cut there, in, sandwiched in between those two starts, 16th at Honda. Uh, and a great test of golf like PGA national. And then the 12th of Valspar um, and, and people inside of, of Kepka's camp, they say he's hungry lud. So, yeah. so strokes gained hunger is, is completely through the roof this week. Love it. And he's one of those guys, right? It's like if he shoots 66 first round, you know, he's going to kind of be there for the rest of the week. Um, so, you know, just from that aspect, uh, Brooks has talked about how he's not happy with his world ranking right now. Um, and if he just tries to do it in majors alone, uh, you know, it's not going to, you know, let's have a great week this week and then have that uh, run into the PGA. Um, but, you know, without further ado, let's get into those matchups. I'm going to start it off with the two that I have. Uh, one is a Tom Hoagie over CT Pan minus 110 ticket. Um, that is my best bet. So I'll run through that later on the pod with a little more detail for my next head to head. I'm going to take Justin Thomas over Scotty Scheffler plus 110 on DraftKings. I want to preface this by saying this is completely about the number, nothing against Scotty. I almost want to take a winning ticket on JT at 14 to one doc. Um, I'm, I'm starting to lean that direction just because of the fact uh, you know, when you just look at JT's irons, they are ridiculous right now. You know, he's the best iron player in the field by far. We're going to, this week is going to be a, you know, a second shot golf course. This isn't like Potomac where, uh, you know, you're could potentially lose three or four strokes off the tee. And JT honestly is a pretty good driver of the golf ball. You know, he's got a lot of pop at the bat, as some would say for a guy of his stature, um, but the only thing that scares me from that outright ticket is the putter. But at plus 110 against Scheffler, I think it's a must play. Uh, when looking at these two players, besides number of trophies won over the last several months, these guys' stats are very similar. In fact, JT is much better tee to green. This is a small window when we can take advantage of the Scheffler hype and play a guy like JT at plus 110. J 
JT should never be plus 110 to anyone when his game is sharp. And boy, is his game sharp right now. So for my other head-to-head, I'm going to take Justin Thomas over Scotty Scheffler at plus 110. Yeah, and over to my matchups for this week's Byron Nelson. We'll start it off with Adam Hadwin uh, over Maverick McNeely minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, here's a great little nugget um, about Adam Hadwin this week. He finished third in the 2008 Corn Ferry Tour Championship that was held at TPC Craig Ranch. And now we sit here, you know, well over a decade later. And Adam Hadwin, one of the more consistent players week to week on the PGA Tour. And, man, this guy has been trending as of late. Three top ten finishes in his last four starts. And when you look on the other side of this matchup, Maverick McNeely is someone who we've kept close tabs on this year. He's 138 on tour and driving accuracy. Uh, you know, it can't get up and down. Uh, if his life depended on it. Now, are those two stats that uh, are the end-all, be-all this week? No, driving accuracy, not the end of the world. Uh, 138, though, pretty brutal. The ball striking numbers numbers just really aren't there for McNeely. I think this is a great spot for Hadwin. So it's going to be Adam Hadwin over Maverick McNeely, uh, minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, My next one, C.T. Pan over KH Lee at minus 115 on bet online. Now uh, this is a matchup on my, on my ticket that will surprise many of you because KH Lee is the defending champion of the Byron Nelson. But when you look at his performance as of late, you will understand why we have to fade the 2021 champion KH Lee ranks outside 65 on tour in all strokes gain categories over his last 12 rounds on the PGA Tour, which has led to missed cuts in three of his last four events. C.T. Pan, on the other hand, has been doing nothing but trending upward. He has not missed a cut uh, since the weather-plagued Players' Championship uh, and has finished in the top 30 in both events over the last two weeks, including a 15th-place finish last week to Wells Fargo. You know, many sharps will worry about Pan's putting, when looking at him this week, but his best putting surface comes on big grass. It's the only surface he actually picks up shots on. Uh, so that's a great spot. CT pan over KH Lee minus one fifteen on bet online. Doc, I am going to be jumping on that live uh, right now. I was just looking at KH Lee's stats. He's missed three out of his last four cuts. He, uh, Last week, he finished 25th at the Wells Fargo, gaining five and a half shots putting, right? So that was a fraudulent uh, T25th. So realistically, without, you know, blackout putting last week, he's missed four cuts in a row. And I think people overreact so much. I don't care if you built a golf course. If your game is is not sharp, uh, you you get murdered like a guy like by a guy like CT Pan. So uh, I'm going to be on that matchup as well. I, mean, I know it's going to be a little positioning here. With my hoagie over over pan ticket, but uh, yeah, I'm on that. I was actually looking, you know, uh, as I was trying to decide my the gin play, I was looking for a KH lead to miss the cut number, uh, but I can't find it. I, I think the percentages are a bit too high. Uh, mm. So, so for now, you know, we'll, we'll fade KH lead with CT pan. That's minus one fifteen on Bet Online. My uh, I got two more matchups here. For you. Next one's going to be Kurt Kitayama over Sahi Tagala. Uh, 
at plus 100 on bet online. And, you know, it absolutely pains me to have to fade Sahith this week, but this is such a great look for Kirk Kitayama who ranks third in approach over his last 12 rounds in the PGA tour. And we have seen that stellar arm play and phenomenal putting from Kitayama come to fruition. As far as results are concerned with top 20 finishes in his last two starts. The issue with the gala is simple. He ranks outside 71st in all strokes gain categories. Uh, and, you know, credit to credit to the gala for not missing a cut over his last five events while putting up these absolutely horrendous numbers. The, and, and, you know, these are the experiences through the ebbs and flows that will definitely pay dividends for, for Thigala one day, you know, as we've said on this podcast multiple times, he will be a major champion uh, one day, probably a multiple time major championship winner when it's all said and done. Uh, but clip, clip that for later, clip that for a couple of years from now, but doc, just looking at those two players, it's like Kitayama is the Thigala of earlier in the year, right? Just jumping up and having uh, you know, contending here in these last couple of weeks. I mean, last week no, you, tailed off a little bit, but you're exactly right. We're we're hoping to hit Kitayama in this stride before you know we'll we'll probably be talking at some point this summer where Kitayama's missed you know four to five cuts in a row. We're trying to find Kitty, you know, we're trying to hit Kitayama during this stride. Well, but just the fact though that he played well in Mexico and then completely different weather, course setup, everything, you know, still had a good week there. So that's uh. The game travels for Mr. Kitayama. No doubt, no doubt. So that matchup's going to be Kirk Kitayama over Sahith Gala, plus 100 on Bet Online. My last one here, Led, which I think you will love, is going to be Brooks Kepka over Bubba Watson, minus 120 on Barstool Sportsbook. And wow, was I shocked and thrilled that we have the Opportunity to take this ticket thanks to our friends at Barstool Sportsbook. This is an absolute steal, lad. It's what we like. It's it's the Barstool bet that we like to call. You know, you get a free a free sweatshirt for taking this one. Uh, it's unbelievable. There's a couple things to understand as far as the uh, the reasons behind this ticket are concerned. Number one, this is not a bet saying that Brooks Kepka will contend this week. I'm all too familiar with the narrative that. He doesn't contend in tournaments that are major championships, but like we just talked about, as Led just said in the uh, in, in the favorites, that narrative has been changing this year with finishes like 16th at the Honda, 12th at Valspar, really coming around. We're hearing good things from Kepka's team as far as his motivation is concerned. Third uh, at waste management, a little sneaky third. Third at waste management, you know, um, uh, great starts like that. Um, you know, he's definitely coming around now, even in the worst case that Brooks has a few good rounds and then packs in the other. Let's talk about who he has to beat in this matchup. Bubba Watson, uh, who ranks 94th on tour and approach over his last 12 rounds and is ranked 101 on tour and putting, uh, which is largely based off his horrendous putting on bent grass, which is what we're going to see this week. So my final matchup is... Brooks Kepka over Bubba Watson, minus 120 on Barstool Sportsbook. Love those heads-to-heads, Doc. Uh, we'll move into the picks to place here. I will start off with Johnny Vegas, top 20, plus 220 on FanDuel. Um, Johnny Vegas gained 10 strokes last week with his irons at the Wells Fargo. Now, we'd expect some level of regression this week, um, but if he has anywhere the level he had a, 
uh, ball striking at Potomac. He should be in for a good week. Um, on a golf course like TPC Potomac that had so much emphasis on the tee ball, if he would have you know, brought that iron play to really any other kind of PGA Tour course, he would have probably won by a couple of shots. Uh, I think he ended up losing four or five strokes off the tee, but he's not going to be able to do that this week just given the fact that um, these fairways are the size of the width of football fields out here. Um, he ended up finishing 15th, but I look for him to have a huge, a huge week this week. Top 30s in his last four starts. This is the kind of consistency I want um, in a pick-to-place kind of guy. Uh, he finished top 10 last year, which we absolutely love, given um, this will be the second time they are competing at TPC Craig Ranch. So, yeah, I think if uh, Vegas gets the irons dialed in like they were last week, um, you know, he's one of the longer guys out here with these forgiving fairways. I think Johnny Vegas should have no problem uh, cashing a top 20 at plus 220. Yeah, and for my uh, my first pick to play, or yeah, pick to place, a guy that uh, we talked about in the favorites, we hit on in the favorites, Sam Burns, top 10, plus 240 on DraftKings. Uh, you know, across the board, you're not going to find a better option than Sam Burns this week. Fourth in approach, first in putting over his last 12 rounds. Yes, the driver has been shaky at times for Burns, but, um, you know, like Led said to get the pod started, driving accuracy is just not that important of a stat this week at TPC Craig Ranch. And, um, you know, you have to remember, TPC Craig Ranch is a golf course where Polly at the pub would not lose a single golf ball. That's just the bottom line this week. It is wide open space everywhere. You got we got one creek uh, runs through 13 holes that you have to worry about. So uh, for a guy like Burns, not too worried about those little driving accuracy blemishes. So my first pick to place this week is going to be Sam Burns, top 10, plus 240 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, and for my next one, I'm going to take Aaron Wise, top 20, plus 240 on FanDuel. Aaron Wise has been good to me since we started this podcast, and we are going back to the well this week. First off, he's a former winner of this event. Yes, it was a different golf course, but it certainly can't hurt. Uh, he's fourth in the field, tee to green, and coming off a sixth-place finish in Mexico where he gained over 10 shots tee to green. Um, he gained less than a stroke putting and still finished top 10. Uh, you know, he's a bad putter. There's no sugarcoating it. But playing this guy in a top 20 gives us a little bit of extra wiggle room there. He's made the cut in four of his last five and should be able to put another solid week together. So for my next pick to place, Aaron Wise, top 20, plus 240 on FanDuel. Like Aaron Wise this week, great, great pick there. Um, he, he's been trending, uh, looking really good. Tee to green, incredible. My next pick to place is going to be Sepp Straka, top 20 at plus 320 on FanDuel. And, you know, the books are flat out overcorrecting uh, to Sepp Straka's miscut last week in Maryland at the Wells Fargo. Uh, what Vegas is forgetting that, you know, this guy's on his way to winning a major championship. It might not be this year, but Sepp has the consistency. He has the ability to close like we saw earlier this year at the Honda. I really think Sepp Straka is a guy that you have to keep on your radar as someone who could definitely contend at golf courses like Southern Hills next week, the PGA, and even, even Brookline for the U.S. Open. I mean, Straka is just someone who just yearns for a difficult golf course, just wakes Didn't up and dreams about it, Led. Didn't he bogey 18 at Harbortown to not be in that playoff? Yes. Yeah, he he yeah, he pulled that number it. is that number is absurd. I gotta get in on that too, man. Holy cow. 
pulled it left in the marsh and didn't get up and down at Harbor town. Um, you know, but that was space week, you know, a space week. Um, but no doubt, you know, yeah. Top 20 plus three twenty. I'm shocked by the number bottom line. Now, why do I love him this week? You know, at the top 20 number, number one, I said it, uh, the numbers of total steel number two, he ranks eighth in total strokes gained over his last 12 rounds on tour. Number three, he finished 26th here last year. And we have seen, you know, you and me led, we both seen how his game has accelerated since then. So my second pick to play is going to be Sepp Straka top 20 plus three twenty on FanDuel. I love that one. I love that one. Um, Moving into my next pick to place, Tom Hoagie, top 20 plus 350 on DraftKings. Tom Hoagie is the sixth best iron player in this field. Tom Hoagie has 11 top 40s on the year. On a course that is so second shot dependent, he will flourish. We go back to Pebble Beach where he won earlier in the year. It was a second shot golf course. Hit it anywhere off the tee and the best iron player wins. That's what we are getting this week at TPC Craig Ranch. Um, remember the stat I shared six out of the top seven finishers in 2021, AT&T led the field, uh, in strokes gained approach. Iron play is why Hoagie is on tour. All we need is his regular irons and a top 20 should be more than doable for Tom Hoagie at plus three fifty. Hoagie time. Listen, I I'll give you this. If there's a hometown guy, um, that I like this week, well, Hoagie's a Fort Worth guy. But it'd be Tom Hoagie. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I like that pick this week. On to Jason Day, top 20, plus 230. And, wow, what a crushing week for Jason Day last week, the Wells Fargo. He finished 15th. But, uh, you know, he won't forget that third round 79 where he just you know, threw up all over himself. That cost him a chance at the uh, at a trophy at TPC Potomac. That was sad to watch. That was tough on the soul. But, Here's the good news. I believe TPC Craig Ranch, ideal setup for Jason Day, and here's why. Number one, he's got the wide-open tee shots where you can let that driver go with the new swing that has been carefully crafted under the watchful eye of Chris Como. And He's at hometown, right? He's yeah, crazy. he is. He's right. He lives in Houston. Lives in Houston. There we go. Yeah, good spot there. He, you know, he's probably seen this course a bunch as well. Um, and of course, worked with well oversaw Tiger. I don't know about worked with Tiger, oversaw Tiger. But number two on on day for this week, you know, you have the Zoysia grass in the fairways, which is Jason Day's absolute favorite. You know, that ball sits up on the Zoysia uh, like it's on carpet, and we all know how you know Jason Day loves to hoist those long irons up in the air. Uh, just loves that Zoysia. Uh, number three, he'll be putting on big grass greens this week at Craig Ranch, and boy. When Jason Day starts rolling the rock on big grass greens, the rest of the field has to take notice. So my first, no, my third pick to place is going to be uh, Jason Day, top 20, plus 230 on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm probably one of those guys that's really looking forward to that warm weather, keep the yeah. lower back, uh, you know, greased up for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Um, moving into my next pick to place, Oh, Matthew Wolf, top 20, plus 500. Uh-oh, the Wolf is back. Betting on Matthew Wolf is like surfing. You know the wave will crash. You just have to ride the wave and get off before it does. Um, right now, I think is a perfect time to jump on the Matt Wolf 
bandwagon. You know, before finishing 25th last week, the Wells Fargo, he had missed four of six cuts, had not finished in a top 60 in an event since November. Um, but before that stretch, he finished 17th at Sanderson, second at Shriners, fifth at Mayakoba, and 11th at the Houston Open. After a solid week at the Wells Fargo where he gained strokes in every category, I think it's a perfect time to jump on the Wolf bandwagon again. You even go back to last week. TPC Potomac should have been an awful setup for a guy like Matthew Wolf. So just the fact that he made the cut and honestly had a solid finish is something to, uh, you know, to look at. With the forgiving fairways this week, um, the fact that he'll be able to dominate the par fives, I think this play is similar to a guy you know, like Cameron Champ in Mexico in a sense that he just has a higher floor than most of the guys in the field. Um, I just think Matthew Wolf top 20 at plus 500. Uh, yes, we will probably learn on Thursday if this is it was a good bet. But also, um, you know, I mean, this is a guy who gets on a roll and gets going. And I will, uh, you know, be mentioning him later in the pod, maybe having to do something with the degenerate bet of the week. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about Wolf uh, as we we come up on our next few sections here in the podcast. I'll finish it off with Sebastian Munoz top forty plus one hundred on DraftKings. Now, here's why we're taking a Munoz in a top forty ticket this week. Tee the green. His game is so on point right now. Driving iron play around the green, simply fantastic. But there's slight question marks when it comes to Muno's putting on bent grass greens. He's finished between 21st and 39th in his last six events. And the putter is the reason it has been no better than that. I have confidence uh, in Muno's this week, you know, at Craig Branch because he picked up almost three shots in the greens at this tournament last year. But you have to take that top 40 number because in the situation where he throws up on himself on the greens, you know, I think he'll ball strike his way to making the cut and, and being around that top 25, top 35 mark. I think top 40 is the safe option. So it's going to be Sebastian Munoz, top 40 plus 100 on DraftKings. Uh, Led, I'll work us into our winners uh, since I've, I've talked um, about the first two of them already. It's going to be Justin Thomas, 13 to 1 on FanDuel. And Sam Burns, 20 to one on Bet River. Um, my last one, well, I, I actually just added one. My last one, Cameron Champ, uh, 65 to one on DraftKings. Uh, you know, Champ first off the tee uh, on the PGA Tour, his last 12 rounds and 22nd in putting. So coming around with the putter as well, I got to take a chance on Champ this week, being that this is a wide open golf course. He can hit it anywhere. It's the accuracy that bothers him sometimes. Um, you know, went to Texas A&M, can deal with those Texas wins for sure. Um, got to take, take a take a chance on, on, on Champ this week. So that's going to be Cam Champ at 65-1 to 1 on DraftKings. And a guy we just talked about, and I'll, I'll let the discussion float further uh, down the podcast, but I'm also taking Matthew Wolf 130-1 to 1 to win on DraftKings. Love that. Love that. Um, okay, for my picks to win, I'm going to take Brooks Kepka 35 to 1 on DraftKings. I don't care if we're playing on the moon. When Kepka gets to the mid 30s, he's a must play. Um, and then I've also mentioned earlier how he's kind of, you know, besides that miscut at the Masters, he's uh, played a little better golf than most people think. Um, 
Next guy, Jonathan Vegas, 55 to one. This is a guy who's averaging 315 yards off the tee and is third in greens and regulation. Sneaky three-time tour winner. If he's around the league late on a Sunday, I think he will have no problem closing this thing out. Tom Hoagie, 110 to one. And this is just mostly about the number. This is a guy who's already won this year. He's coming off a miscut at Harbortown. Let's take advantage of the fact that, that number is ballooned. Um, he's an elite iron player who's always a hot putter away from contending. And then, Doc, I'm going to get in on that JT 13 to 1 um, before we move into our, our next uh, section. I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to take, uh, for my dark horse, I'm going to take Matthew Naismith, top 20 at plus 400. He is also 130 to 1 for an outright ticket. Um, last three starts are a third place finish at Vallis Bar, 12th at Harbortown, 31st place finish at the Wells Fargo. You know, this is an elite college player that bounced around his first couple of years as a professional, but is starting to get comfortable out here on the PGA Tour. Um, besides the putter, you can't really nitpick any part of this game. This is a guy who's been better with his irons than Scotty Scheffler over his last 50 rounds. I think the former Gamecock, Gamecock has a good week to catch a top 20. You know, we've seen these easy courses produce long shots. So at 130 to one, why not sprinkle that too? So for my dark horse, Matthew Naismith, top 20 plus 400, and then a little sprinkle at 130 to one. And my dark horse uh, for this week is going to be Justin Thomas, top five plus 320. I know Justin Thomas, not a horse by any means, but with these odds, um, you know, you can mark him down as one sticking uh, with JT here, you know, because it's as simple as this. If JT can make a putt down the stretch of this golf tournament, you know, this ticket hits. He has six top 10 finishes on the year. It would be six top five finishes and probably a few wins, if not for the difficulties on the greens under the gun that JT has. You talk about Dallas Bar, um, you know, and, and multiple other tournaments. You know, the Masters, Genesis, Phoenix, Century, Mayakoba. I mean, he's been there uh, at relatively every event that he's played. And I have to, you know, I have to pull the trigger on this. JT top five plus 320 on FanDuel. Man, if JT is a dark horse, I mean, that's like a Seabiscuit secretariat uh, type dark horse there, Doc. But uh, I'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, um, you know, I've. Let me just be honest here. I've 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 struck out on uh, on my last three dark horses. You know, had the Chikara look last year in the amateur, not even close. Garcia top ten plus four fifty. Uh, you know, we saw him. You know, puke all over himself after the bad ruling. So um, have to get back in the mix here in the dark horse category. The odds agree with it. It's JT uh, top five plus three twenty on Fanduel. Led our lineups. Uh, for this week, the Byron Nelson. Um, I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman, Cam Champ, uh, Adam Hadwin, Sepp Straka, uh, Jason Day, and then Brandon Wu uh, to to round out the caboose on the lineup. I think we make him. We we see him uh, make an appearance back here. I think you know. I'm not sure if he lives in Dallas, but I know he's in the area a lot. Yeah, that's a solid lineup. I'm trying to think, Doc. We kind of have lost track of our uh, DraftKings head-to-head. Uh, -head, uh, you know, we we originally had um, the last couple of weeks. I've been definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I've graduated from like the ten-dollar uh, 
DraftKings lineup. I'm, do, I'm doing the $20 ones. I've been doing so well. But, yeah, for my lineup, I'm going to do Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Johnny Vegas, Tom Hoagie, and then a couple of Matthews. Got Matthew Wolf and Matthew Naismith. And I know Matthew Wolf is that is that kind of uh, roller coaster, per se. But, you know, it seems like in these lineups, you know, 47th place doesn't really do it for you. You know no. what I mean? You, like, if you really want to make some money, obviously you got to – you kind of want to take a couple of these long shot guys because uh, you need, you're going to need a T3 out of Matthew Wolf kind of out of nowhere um, for that to occur. Obviously, you can just kind of keep – you know, making the, oh, I made two bucks because I won $12 yeah. on, a, on a $10 entry. But, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to pay for some, uh, some rent here with some of these lineups, correct? No doubt. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, you gotta, got, you gotta have a guy like, like Sevenson, you know, that we, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Svenson, my, my apologies, yeah. or, or a B Woo or, uh, you know, someone, in those last two spots that are, that are, are really going to help you make a gain, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, you take, you know, what, what am I trying to say here? You, you People take, are digging, you got to zag. Yeah. I mean, you got to take these guys that have, relatively have no shot uh, and, and hope they have their hello world moment on the PGA tour. So um, on to our degenerate bet, which I am, I am trailing led this week. Led, let's hear it. Matthew Wolf. First round leader, 70 to one is an absolute must hammer. Wolf has had like three first round leads already this season. You only have to go back to last week at the Wells Fargo when he opened with a um, opening round uh, five under par. Yes, he could shoot 82, but he's also just as likely to shoot a 62 as anyone in the field. We already hit this bet earlier in the year at Mayakoba. And then when we did, they kind of put it in that 35 to 1, 40 to 1 kind of range. Um, coming off a solid week throughout the bag, I'd understand if this number, if he missed the cut by a billion, but he finished 25th on a course that really didn't set up for him. Um, TPC Craig Ranch couldn't be better for a guy like Matthew Wolf, who's going to just be able to unleash the driver. Um, he's one of those guys who starts 200 through three and then just puts the pedal to the metal for the rest of the round and isn't afraid to. You know, if the guy's like 700 through 10, you're, I mean, is there anyone you'd really rather have in terms of a 59 watch? You know, a lot of guys have a tendency to kind of run out of gas here. But when uh, Matthew Wolf is on, he is on. Um, yeah, with the lack of trouble, I think he can light it up this week and be able to swing free out there. He should never be 70 to 1 as a first-round leader, given his track record of just absolutely just going so low in these opening rounds. So let's take advantage of this for our D-Gen bet. Matthew Wolf, first round leader, 70 to one. I already put a unit on it. Let's go. I like it, Led. I mean, just just based off the fact that I know for sure uh, that he can he can have a horrendous day with the driver and still put together something solid here. I mean, we saw him lock in at the Wells Fargo last week, you know, to our surprise. Uh, so a great look for for Wolf this week. Guys like Wolf and Champ that maybe had the control issues. This is really a venue that you have to lock into him this week, um, in my opinion. So there's our Dejin bet. Um, On to our scoring prediction. Uh, Led, did I get you last week? My winning scoring prediction last week was 11 under. Yes, you did, Doc. I had 14 under. I did not know the weather was going to be quite that uh, that 
you know, it was day after tomorrow that weather there for a, yeah. a couple of those rounds. So, uh, yeah, you got me. But for this week, I was thinking 21 under par. Okay, I'm you? I'm going 23 under. I you know I I hope it's uh, you know the hot weather. You know, no rain uh, gets up to 94 degrees. They're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna be bombing it all over this golf course. I think they I think they push it. Uh, you know, I think they it's a low number this week for sure. I'm going 23 under. And it's interesting to see like how a course evolves, especially in the first couple events uh, at a new venue, you know, um, they shoot 25 under, right. They're like, you know, treated it like a bit of a pitch and putt. Maybe the greenskeepers strike back with a little bit more of a tougher setup, but yeah, nowadays these guys are so good. If you're not really making them think about what club they're hitting off the tee, they're going to go low. So yeah, I don't mind anything kind of in that twenties range. Yeah, in the uh, I was looking back at some of these uh, Corn Ferry Tour championships, two thousand eight, two thousand twelve. Uh, winning scores were were sixteen under and seventeen under, respectively. So, uh, you know, I have to think. You know, it's what last year the winning score was twenty five. Um, I believe yeah, K yeah. K Lee. So, um, you know, we're thinking around the same thing this week as far as scoring predictions are concerned. On to uh, the best bets. We're yeah, moving, in, moving into our best bet. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to be taking Tom Hoagie over CT Pan minus 110. These guys are not equals, but the books see them as this. Um, statistically, I'm getting the better driver of the golf ball, better iron player, and better putter at a pick em. Um, Yes, CT Pan has been playing better as of late with top 30s in his last two starts, but I really feel like the books are overreacting to Tom Hoagie's missed cut at Harbor Town. That was three weeks ago. Before that, he finished in the top 40 in five of his last six starts, highlighted by a win at Pebble and a third-place finish at the Amex. Um, with how wide open this place is, I don't think CT is going to be able to gain strokes with the driver like he did last week at Potomac. Um, books overreact all the time to missed cuts, and when they do, it's important to take advantage of it. I really like this matchup of Tom Hoagie over CT Pan, minus 110 for my best bet. Yeah, my best bet uh, for this week's Byron Nelson, I'm going to go Joaquin Neiman, top South American, plus 210 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you know, we look down the list here at at who um, at who Joaquin uh, has to face. And, you know, you start with Jonathan Vegas, who I do like this week. Uh, Tita Green, outstanding look. But I, I believe that, you know, his putting on bent grass will ultimately be his kryptonite this week. Look farther down the list. We have Mito Pereira and Sebastian Munoz who will definitely make the cut, probably hover around that top 40 number. I think Mito probably the biggest threat in this group looking pretty good tee to green. Uh, ultimately Joaquin will close him out though. And last but not least, Emiliano Grillo who um, has been an MIA uh, for the most part. Uh, this year on the PGA Tour. So uh, my best bet for this week can be Joaquin Neiman, uh, top South American plus 210 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview uh, for AT&T Byron Nelson Week. Led great work. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing you back next week for the PGA Championship Podcast uh, at Southern Hills, which is our um, which, which is going to be the second major championship um, of the season. Uh, any questions, concerns, 
uh, want to reach out for a couple more options uh, for for picks for PGA Tour handicapping, follow uh, James Ledbetter on Twitter at James Ledbetter um, and me on Twitter, drmedia59. Uh, Led, great work today. We'll see you next week. Sounds good.